You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Happy New Year, y'all. Welcome to We Live in Color 2023. I'm your host, Deontay Damper, and I'm so happy to be here. But before we begin, I want to shout out my family at Converge Media. Converge Media, y'all. Remember to like, share, and uh, and subscribe to the streams. We have awesome shows here, but I'm very happy that you're here with me tonight. Now, to open up 2023, I I had the privilege of hosting um, a, a day with Trey. And while I was hosting, I had an amazing person on there, childhood friend. And I said, you know what? I need for him to open up 2023 with us. So without further ado, Pastor Jamil with a spoon. How are you, brother? Thank you for that amazing introduction. Because <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> I am well. I am well. It is 2023 and I'm excited for what is coming. What is coming? Oh, my goodness. You know, the scripture says eyes haven't seen. Okay. No have ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of humanity, the good things that God has in store for us. So I'm not sure what all is coming, but whatever it is, I know that it will be amazing. That sounds like Beyonce album number three, <laughs> song 10, but you're going to let me. What script was that? Scripture was that? <laughs> what scripture was that? Let me tell you the address. I do not know. Okay. Hello. You act like I just. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. You walk in faith but not by sight you are one of the compasses for our community um and i know as as your as a childhood friend and as a brother in community i know that it has not been easiest space but you walk with so much grace um and you know i know you're not from the south in the seattle Right. No, right. I'm from the CD or see me. Okay. Uh-huh. Pastor. <laughs> and that what they say? That is what they say. <laughs> I grew up on Howe Street. Okay. Yes, in the Central District. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, O's back there talking about hello. Okay. Hello. All right. Now. You know, before gentrification, now yeah. I pay five times of what I would have paid if we would have been able to stay. But, you know, that's a whole other story. We're going to do a special uh-huh. on that um, coming soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too high. But in. In the meantime, like, what was it like? Because, I mean, you grew up in the CD, but you also grew up with G.O.D. Because you grew up in, you was church, right? I you was. Grew, okay, so what churches did you attend as a child? So I grew up um, at my family's church, which was Mount Calvary. I mean, I was there from my birth until I actually went off to college. Um, and so when I went to college, I went to undergrad in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, and I started going to a plethora of churches. I originally was seeking out a Kojic church, a church of God in Christ, because that's what I was used to. That's what my family was and is. Um, and all too loud for you Baptists. <laughs> I'm Baptist, so we would, you know, we, we do a little clap, clap and y'all yeah. spin around, yeah, yeah. double dip. Yeah, you know, everything with Koji is just a little faster, right? Same stuff, just a little faster than Baptist. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, one of the things that you were like growing up is in churches in church here in the CD, um, such as Mount Calvary, how important do you remember churches being in community back then? Hmm. You know, churches, I mean, historically, right? They've, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a draw. Cause I'm not going to sit here in your face and tell you that churches um, and even the churches that I 
see and have been a part of and recognize in our communities, right? Um, in this community particularly, right? I've been a part of a bunch of different churches, not necessarily a member there, but I've been there, I've, I've journeyed there, I've seen folks there and, I'm, and I've seen them in spaces. Um, now have I seen them in less community spaces than I've seen them in their own spaces? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and, you know, historically the role of the church in black community you know, it, it is it is so significant. And have we slacked? And have we kind of fell off? Yeah. Some would say that that we weren't ever really there in the ways that we should have been. Ooh. And some would testify that we've always been there in the ways that we should have been. I guess it's just perspective. Yeah, it it really is. So what was the difference between church and Montgomery? Shout out to Araya, because I know she's watching. Uh, hey, <laughs> going to church in Montgomery it, compared to Seattle, right? Because it's, it's just, I, I mean, when I, I lived down in Florida, and it was just kind of like a different space. Oh, yeah. Church, they church. <laughs> they church <laughs> down south. Um, and honestly, as crazy as it sounds, church is a lot more inclusive down south, especially Pentecostal. And, and what do you mean by inclusive? Everybody actually gets to come and, and, and is valued. Now, now, don't get me wrong, right? Church, I grew up in Pentecostalism, right? Pentecostal spaces. And there has always been some issues everywhere around the world, right? Around how uh, those spaces kind of have, ha have accepted and honored people that, that seem differently or that walk differently than them or that in different head spaces than they are. So... You know, that's that's everywhere. And I experienced down south. It was not an it, it, it was not really an issue if you were, you know, you was at the club last night and you came to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just get here. Right. It wasn't so much of an issue if you, you know, you you, you were you were there with your partner who maybe, you know, you all were same gender loving. It wasn't so much of an issue. Yeah. There was some undercurrent. Yeah. And. Um, it was much more kind of come, just just come, though we see this as that. And, and it, it, it was much more inclusive. I, I will say I've experienced it this. And you would think it would be the opposite. Right. Because Seattle is the inclusive Mecca. Well, it's inclusive Mecca from what I remember seeing. Right. Mm -hmm. In in other communities. Yeah. But I think that we as and you let me know. Right. Mm -hmm. Us as black folks, it just wasn't that. I mean, I had. I, if, I mean, we both have community members that are our friends that are in their 40s, 50s that are just now coming out and felt like that they could not give up like their church space. They didn't want to give up their church position, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Church, church space, black church space in Seattle is far less liberal than black church space in the South. Some would argue it's subjective and you would think that it would be the other way, other way around. But it, but it, but I've not experienced it as that. Right. No, <laughs> at all. And I, I want to know a little bit more about your time in Montgomery, because, I mean, you coming into your own, then coming back home. Right. And um, just leading. Yeah. And we're going to actually I'm going to ask you some more about that. But we're going to take one commercial break. It's 2023 and you're watching We Live in Color. Prosperity in Black America. What will this require? Is Black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? Do our children really have access to education? 
Will our families have choices for our children? Prison pipelines, mass incarceration, tearing our families apart. A healthcare system not accessible to the masses. The disproportionate termination of black women from corporate America. When will we actually begin to address what's really at play? How do black people gain more power to help make these changes? This requires a lot of political will and courage. I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat. And we're back where we live in color. And I have Pastor Jamil Witherspoon. I have to say Pastor like that. I just, you know, thanks. <laughs> so we were talking about like, not, not just growing up in the areas of church, but what was Montgomery like? What was that experience like going out there and going to school? What were you taking up? So Montgomery was such a gift for me. In Montgomery, I realized that I didn't have to be what I felt like folks thought I needed to be in order for people to really love me. Did you, ooh. in growing up, did you feel that way? You know, you often feel subpar to what is status quo, right? Um, and I think that that is not, um, that's not just in spaces that I've been in. I think, you know, we are in systems, right? We're in systems of what we call normalcy. And normalcy is created by people who deem things to be normal, not necessarily, you know, what should be, but what people, what has become. Um, and so usually that is by dominant society. Um, that is by those who are dominant voices. Um, that's by, right? Normalcy is, 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 is given to us by our preachers, right? Especially in the black church, because, you know, we honor them in such a way because we understood, you know, that our black preachers, men, right? We understood that in slavery, you know, they weren't shit anywhere else. And so, so, so what happens, right, is that there's this idea and there is this, this, this agenda pushed by folks who find themselves in leadership, um, creating what now is normal society and creating what now um, everyone should pattern after um, because it is the will of God for their life. <laughs> I just want you to keep on going. Um, and, I mean, and, and even going through that space um, and finding that love, right? And being, um, shout out to Down South and everybody down there. Shout out to Down South. Uh, love it, right? So what were you taking up? And did you know that from jump, that, did you know since a child that you always wanted to go into the areas of preaching? You know, so I was taking up psychology, um, but I was really taking up ministry. To be clear, all throughout, I had a, 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 a ministry in Montgomery. Shout out to Ben O'Nai Ministries. Ben O'Nai? Ben O'Nai, B-E-N-O-N-I. We actually have a single out called Beautiful Love that I recorded 10 years ago. Hold on, wait a minute. Well, mm -hmm. I, I've heard you sing with the choir in mm -hmm. church, but I didn't know you could sing. sing you know, yourself. not like that. I am, I am, I know folks who are far better singers than I am. I'm a preacher. And... Um, I had this ministry. It was actually first a prayer and intercession ministry. It was called Benoni. Benoni means son of my sorrow. Um, Rachel was going through the desert in scripture. And as she went through the desert, she had a child 
and named him um, Benoni. And she died. And so Benoni meant son of my sorrow. She named this baby that came from her loins as the son of her sorrow. And she died. And then his father named him Benjamin. Okay. Okay. I think I heard Mm -hmm. this story before. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, though, I was so overjoyed with what God had given me. I was so sorrowful. And this ministry was birthed out of such sorrow. And it was the, 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 the beauty of my sorrow. Um, and it, it was such a beautiful gift to me and to those who were a part of it. And I really honor God that I was able to, to lead it. So that sorrow, right? Was mm-hmm. it just moving away or were you just, is it just in the areas of self-discovery? I think it was in the areas of self-discovery. You know, not all was bad, right? Not all of our experiences are bad. And we really do hold on to some of those that are not so good because, you know, they, they leave impressions on our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that as I was coming into myself, understanding myself, um, but still knowing how deeply I was enthralled with God and who God was and the beauty of God um, and the beauty of my neighbor and how much I loved people and I wanted them to experience the God of my salvation. Yes. Um, and, and so I went out. I even spent a little couple extra years in undergrad than I needed to. Wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, but was doing everything that I was supposed to do because it was such a, a freeing, just breathtaking experience. And from there, I really realized um, and something began to grow in me um, that really would push me in the way of finding my God and my truth. Yes. Um, and it's so funny because even folks back then who I took under my wing and, you know, I was a young, young guy and I'm not saying it as if I knew everything or know everything now. Right. But I had a passion for prayer and I had a passion for um just doing what God called me to do. And there were some folks, some of the best singers in Montgomery decided to come and they decided to be a part of the ministry that God had called me to. And they all could sing so much better than me. Mm -hmm. And I was so intimidated by them because they all could teach parts so much better than me. But the one thing that they needed that I had was the power that I felt that was in my prayer. And we prayed and we cried and we walked with one another. And even now, you know, I I see them sometimes and some of them think that I'm very weird and I've gone astray. I'm a little off. And I say, baby, I taught you how to pray. (laughs) That's right. Right right together. Listen, and, 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 and I knew you when no one else would even look at you, right? Not because of your talents, because everybody wanted your talents, but I fostered the relationship right between you and your god and all i wanted was for you to be true and free and and they're living in different spaces and they're loving in different spaces and they're amazing people um and i just am really grateful that i was able to plant that seed and i'm praying that all the seeds that were planted um would then kind of come into the growth and see what i have been able to see and those seeds would name their God as well, like I've been able to and live in their truth. And see, and that is what I love about you. Um, and one of the things that really just stands out for me, if I could be honest, right, is just I want to know 
what what is it like what was it wh where did you get into the self-discovery with even your within knowing that you were were same gender loving right and then growing up in the areas of church where did you stop was there ever a time where you listened to the stigma and what was that like i think there's always a time when you listen to the stigma because it is um you can't help but hear it, right? And what is that you hear? I mean, you hear what you don't hear, right? There is there is passive aggressive ways of being with people um, that can actually be even more damaging than you yelling faggot to their face, right? Yes. And so I think that as you journey and you figure out the disgust, I saw disgust growing up for folks who chose to love someone who was the same gender as them. And um, though it wasn't, sometimes it was said, um, and then sometimes it was just displayed and you would hear things not necessarily about you, but you would hear them about other people. You would hear names being called um, and you would hear all of these things that would cause you to kind of go even further into your own kind of world. And I was a lonely little kid. Mm. Um, you know who I had though? I had. Almeda Witherspoon, okay. who was my grandmother, and I had God. And you could find me coming into 23rd and Union with my grandmother's purse in my hand, holding it for her, following right behind her. And you could always find me somewhere around church and prayer. I would, when we had all night shut-ins, I would want to be there. I would want to be there. I would because I didn't have really anybody else, mm. right? I I was so um, so dedicated to loving my God because my God and my grandmother, you know, and other people, my mother, and you know, but but really my God, my aunts, and but my God and my grandmother, I knew just loved me unconditionally, and I never really had an issue with thinking that my God didn't love me for who I was becoming. And I didn't really, now I had an issue with other people loving me maybe, yeah. right? Because I've seen love so conditional, um, but I've never had an issue with knowing that my God, who I was just head over heels about, um, who I would pray and I would cry to, loved me. Um, and maybe that is what has fueled me up until this point because I've just never doubted that. Again, me a little teary out of me because that is beautiful. And the, the love of your grandmother, um, being a, a grandma's kid, um, is just that that's just a love that that no one could ever be able to no one, ever be able to no one can ever take. So And you want to know something? I remember I was told uh, by a cousin of mine how disappointed my grandmother would be if what adjusting you in as? some of the things that i was doing and the way that i chose to live my life and that was actually the first time i ever heard it because the one thing i can say has been consistent though folks have not really understood not many people have doubted who god had called me to be and who god has called me to be even folks who do not agree with the way in which i carry it out 
I've never really heard anybody deny it because people knew me before or when they thought they knew me, right? Before I was out who I say that I am. And they knew my passion. And I sat and I was kind of flustered one day. I wasn't really flustered, but I, you know, I, you, when people say things you take to heart, right? You tell me my grandmother would be disappointed. The one person that I've lived my life to please aside from my God. And I, I, was, I was in my home and I was folding towels. I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I was folding towels and there was a certain way that my grandmother folded her towels. It was kind of a, you would have it out, you know, you would, one end you would put over, the other end you would put over, and then you would fold it kind of from the top and then fold it over, right? Mm -hmm. Horrible illustration, but you'll get it. I mean, I got it. Here I am. Okay, you got it? <laughs> so, you know, that actually leaves a really good fold, but the towel is pretty big when it's time to put it up, right? Now, my grandmother, when she would fold her towels like that, she had a lot of towels, but she also had a very, very big place to store them in. So when she folded her towels, the way that she folded them, she folded them because she was prepared to put them away. She knew where they went, right? And she folded them according to what she had in her hand, according to the space she had in her house. I started folding my towels, had never folded my towels another way besides the, the way that she folded her towels, because that was my grandmother, right? And would never fold my towels any other way because I felt it would just be an insult to my grandmother. Yeah. And one day I started folding towels and I realized that I had bought so many towels that it was actually going to be impossible for me to continue to fold my towels in the way my grandmother did. And I cried. Mm. I cried over these damn towels <laughs> like I had lost something. I cried because I felt like I was losing her mm. as I journeyed with these towels because I wanted to at least have something to continue to grab onto. And she taught me that. And how could I go against what she taught me? How could I be a same gender loving man and go against what I've been taught mm -hmm. as I'm correlating these things, right? Yes. And the spirit spoke to me and said, Jamel, your grandmother folded towels according to the space she was in, according to the space that she had to put the towels in. And what was the foundation of your grandmother's teaching? And I'm like, huh? And God is like, your grandmother wants more than anything for you to understand when it's time to fold the towels a different way. That what is best for you, you will do because you have enough discernment to hear the spirit speaking. And I wiped my face. And since that day, I have been folding towels in the way that I need in order for them to fit in the space that is allotted for me. Oh, this mic at you. Yes. You want to say what I'm saying? Amen. So my spirituality and how I maneuver in the world and my God, I follow my God according to what God has given me in my hand. 
Because I understand that as long as the towels get folded and put up, it doesn't matter how they get in the closet. Or come out the closet. Or come out. Hello. 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 I'm just saying. Or come out the closet. If the foundation of our faith, much like the foundation of what needed to be done, was to get the towels in the closet. If the foundation of our faith is to grow with our God and our neighbor and to love without condition, then actually my sexuality has nothing to do and everything to do because it is how I walk through the world as well and God honors that mm-hmm. with the way that I engage my spirituality. And so what I'm saying is you got to do what God called you to do according to what's in your hand. And the ancestors are pleased when you are blessed. The ancestors are pleased when you find God, your God, in the beauty of your understanding. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. I'm over here just go to church. Um, and I think that it's really, it's just a clear definition of just who you are. Because the way you fold your towels and pull them out the closet, it's just, it's a clear explanation on like you walking into your faith. And I just appreciate you and grandma and even that cousin, right? Because those people are placed there for a reason, right? For that to to be able to resonate, right? Not Not my person. We all have people that create impact and no one can take those things away. So I just, I want to ask you some more questions because eventually you came back home and I will be talking to Pastor <laughs> Jamil in just a second about his liberation. Yeah. In just a moment, you're watching We Live in Color. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. And we're back. (laughs) We live in color and I'm here with Pastor Jamil with a spoon. Now, Pastor, now, how did you end up coming back home? Can we talk about liberation? Because I just feel like it's just such liberation church is such a movement right now. Yes. You know, I ended up getting a job back here um, and then I started grad school. So I decided that I would come back to Seattle. You know, I told myself I would never be back in Seattle. And then I find myself back in Seattle and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I went. I'm so grateful that I came back. Um, And being in this space that I'm in, you know, honestly, sometimes you don't really honor the jewel that's in your hands because you got so much heaviness in your heart. And I think if I can be honest with you, because I don't know how else to be, liberation is a jewel in my hands. And I think lately I might not have been the best steward over it because of the heaviness in my heart. And there are times when I 
am not sure what I'm doing. I know pastors don't usually tell you this, but I'm here. Yeah, right. Hell. And what- I'm not sure what I'm doing. There are times I'm not sure how I'm doing it. I started being a pastor in such profound spaces and beautiful spaces, but it was so God-ordained. Um, and where I am is so God-ordained. And even when I'm doubting, and even when there's so much going on in my head and in my heart, I know what God has said. And so liberation is a beacon of hope, a reminder of what God has said. And I also pastor a church in Everett. Um, Are you doing double duty? I do, I do. I pastor a church in Everett called Everett United Church of Christ. 120-year-old historical church in Everett. Beautiful space. Um, And Liberation and Everett both, they are definitely reminders of God's faithfulness. They are reminders that I... um, that I am all that God has called me to be, and they will forever be those in my life, even when I am not there anymore. And so I am grateful, and I am grateful that God has still given me and is still giving me the push to continue to build that hope for other people. And so liberation is a space. <laughs> yes, you better sell uh-huh, it. Yes, uh-huh, go ahead. You can look uh-huh. right there. You cool. see it. <laughs> a space wherein You can come unsure, like me sometimes. You can come hungry, like me sometimes. You can come broken, like me sometimes. Amen. Amen. And you can find rest for your soul, like me. And that's liberation. Yeah. And I I appreciate you and your whole congregation. You have been preaching at both churches for how long? So I have been the pastor of both churches for about three, three and a half years. So I have to ask, because I think you started 2019, just about, or 20, 2019. 2019. Mm-hmm. So what was that like preaching at both of those spaces and then bam, the pandemic? What was that? What did that do? What What was that like? Because I remember seeing Zoom and you were being, you guys were improvising and just going with the tie, but making sure people had access. But what was right. that like outreaching to community? So first of all, I was a new pastor just in general, right? And so um, being a new pastor, being a pastor pastoring in a new time, in a new space, having to, you know, switch everything to Zoom, switch everything online, I thank God for the people who made it possible. There are some people who do not even go to the church anymore who were such powerful pushers in that, and I honor them for that. Um, And so... I had to do a lot of work as well, trying to figure out how to make things the most authentic. You know, we didn't we didn't do a whole lot of trying to make things the biggest and the best. We're a little boho church at Liberation, right? Everett is, you know, a more established space. And we are we are we are more than a boho church. Let me say that at at Liberation. Um, And right. And and we we meet people where they are. And we're not afraid to be where we are. So we weren't afraid to say, listen, babe, we got a Zoom account. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going we gonna to pay the extra. We're going to try to pay the extra because we ain't got a whole bunch of money. But we're going to try to pay this extra so that we can stay on for longer than an hour. I'm going to set up a little space in my house. 
Right. It's going to go in and out sometimes. You're going to get the message. You know what I'm saying? We're going to put stuff on YouTube sometimes. We're going to put it on a website. And sometimes we won't. And sometimes the calendar going to be wrong. And so, you know what I mean? Like, right. like not giving an excuse, but, but giving uh, a way that one has to move in unprecedented times. And the fact that we must continue to move and continue to press, you know, and it's not always the perfection, but often it is the execution. It is the, what did God call you to do? And if God called you to it, then God will bring you through it and God will make every provision, every provision, every provision. And so what I even hope to instill in liberation in this, everybody that I meet, I want them to see the manifestation in me of the provision of God. I want them to see it in my mind because I want it to be renewed. I want them to see it in my mental health, which I'm working on. I want them to see it in my bank account because oftentimes as minoritized folk, we don't get to display the blessings of God and we don't actually really believe right? The truth of God in so many ways, because we've been denied so much of the characteristics of God, which is a new mind, which is a new heart, mm -hmm. which is, you know, prosperity. And though we don't preach the prosperity gospel in ways that some do, we seem to have been the only ones held back from it yeah. as minoritized folk, yeah. right? Um, in so many ways. And so, yeah. <laughs> I can go on and on about no, that. No, listen, but I'm here. But I love, it's so funny because, like, one thing I do know is y'all were going through Zoom and p passing out the message. But what I loved is there were community people that were moving here in the midst of that. And I um, attended. Well, one of friends of mine was just like, hey, come to Liberation. Like, and when I came there, there were so many community people uh, that look like us that have found this community. Yes. Through the pandemic, through the way, with, with the way that they fold, towel, fold, yes. fold their towels, right? Um, and just so appreciative of the work that you and your congregation does to continue to build community and your transparency as a person of God um, is so inviting because we don't hear preacher, very many people that walk. Yeah. Um, walk, walk, walk alongside with their congregation saying like, yes, I deal with these things. Yeah. I struggle. We yeah. struggle, but we will all walk alongside each other. Cause you know, most, some preachers in, in, that I've seen, right. Walk ahead yeah. and, um, you're not able to heal that far, <laughs> you know, you know, and honestly, I really want to worship God. Scripture says those who worship God was worship God in spirit and in truth. And so I think for me, oftentimes if it is absent of, of, of truth, um, then I don't really find the God of my understanding in it. Yeah. And so oftentimes it's really not, if I can be selfish, it's not just for y'all. It's because I was a little boy and all I had was my God and my grandmother. And I'll be damned. If I let anybody separate me from my God because of your expectations of my life, because yes. I'm held accountable to God Amen. for doing what God called me to do 
for being the beautiful queer man God has called me to be and for bringing the people in, right, who God has called to be the same. And if I don't do it, as the old folks would say, the blood is on my hands. Right. And I just, as we're going there, right, and I heard you say her name again, right, and we do our, we live in color tribute. Who yes. would you like to tribute today? As I can hear it in your walking, you'll talk, anyone that knows you would know who you would like to tribute today. You know, I would like, you know, I came in here saying my grandmother and she will always be a tribute. She stands as a tribute, but I would like to tribute my mother, actually, if I can throw that in there, because my mother has stood in the good and in the bad as a beacon of truth. She has been who she has been. She has loved me enough to be honest and to try her best to get back to me every time she strayed. She is the goat because she, I mean, the stories that I hear of her love for me, my mother was in an addiction, drug addiction, and there were things that just shored up for her when it came to me, my, 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 uh, my uh, family, a couple of family members tell me all the time, you know, one was telling me when your grandmother, one, my family and I play sometimes a lot. So one of my cousins was like, listen, you acting like that. I don't know what, what, what was, what was Brenda doing when you, and I remember a uh, aunt of mine literally like cut it off and was like, oh no, when Brenda was pregnant with you, Brenda came to our house. Amen. Brenda made sure that she honored you while she was in, while you were inside of her. And I remember, you know, my girl, my mother making it very clear, even in the height of her addiction, that she was my mother. You know, she always lived right down the street from us, you know, if not with us, you know, coming there, knowing though that she didn't want me raised in a household with drugs and addiction. And so I lived with my grandparents, um, but, but she was, she lived her truth. You know, and, you know, sometimes you just get tired. We want to give so much credit to the people who are supposed to be the good people. But a lot of that just be bullshit. Can I say that on here? You can today. I did. You know, it's like, you know, you, 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 you got people who are such great examples and there are people who are. There are people who are great examples and, and there are people who you find some of the greatest examples and just they're, they're failing and they're trying you know, and their strength to continue. And so I want to relish in the strength to continue. And I think I mentioned that because there are some folks, even in this space, who have been downgrading the way in which you have been able to live your life. I don't even want to say choose because we're in harsh systems. Sometimes that weigh us in ways that we just cannot get up from. And thanks be to God that I've been able to regulate my mind. But there is therefore no condemnation. And I don't know why I'm going here, but I've got to. Go ahead. There is no condemnation to those who are trying their best to honor those around them and themselves the best that they can, even if they miss it. And you deserve honor too. You better say that. And I appreciate you. I appreciate your mother. 
appreciate your family, but I appreciate you yes. um, for coming here and sharing your truth. We have been friends for a long time and I just, I couldn't think of anyone else better to open up this season with, right? This, this year with then walking in faith and whether you are religious or not, we all have faith. We all believe in something. Um, and I just appreciate you because you believe in community, you believe in love. Um, and we know it with the people that you are around and the congregation that you have and the way you fold your towels. towels. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Um, and I usually, uh, well, I do want to ask you one more question. Where, if you can look into that camera and just tell people where they can be able to find, get a hold of you or in, in, the, in the churches that you are a part of in any other spaces, because you are a very busy person. I ain't going to say the other secrets that you have coming out, what you have coming soon, but I'll just go ahead and look yes. in that camera. So you can always come to Liberation 832 32nd Avenue at two o'clock on any Sunday afternoon. We give it to you at two because we want to make sure that after you have recovered from the club the night before, if indeed clubbing is where you decide to go and you might see me there and I too need to recover. Um, <laughs> no, I got a 10 o'clock service. Um, if you live in Seattle, Washington, I call it my gentrified Seattle church. You will find community at Liberation. If you live in Everett, you will find community at Everett at 10 o'clock, Everett United Church of Christ. And if you are looking for Liberation, you can find us, um, Liberation, myLUCC.org. myLUCC.org. And on there, you will see at the top of the webpage a number. And I want you to text that number. And I want you to um, text Liberation to that number and I will have your contact information. I will reach back out to you from that number. You can also go online, um, but I want to see you, you know, in your timing, right? Because we've all got some stuff we got to get over. But if you have enough strength to get up and get to Liberation on Sunday, 832 32nd Avenue, at two o'clock, if you can just muster up enough strength, I believe that your life will change. And not because I'm so great. Please don't come there expecting me to be the God that, you, that you've been looking for all your life because you will be disappointed. Um, but you will come and I believe that you will be blessed because I come broken and full and whole and empty. And I am week after week nourished by my community. Well, I, I love you, brother. Love I'm you. so happy that you're here. Um, and I, anything that community that Converge can, can do, We Live in Color can do to help uplift your messages yeah. or programs. Shout out to Araya because I know she's watching. <laughs> um, but please let us know. Yeah. Thank you so much. And for you, community, we are here in 2023. And before I end this show, I have to send a very happy birthday to the Reverend Harriet Walden. Thank you very much. Yeah. We live in color because of you. 
I think ever since I came back home, you, if I don't get a call from you every two months on what I got to do in community, um, for real, um, I really appreciate the work that you have blessed this community with, let alone your wonderful sons that all have impacted my life in some way. So happy birthday to you. Lastly, Mikey Weaver, my brother. You are. I know you're watching. Happy brother. Happy happy birthday. I love you so much, brother. Thank you so much for always showing up and being the genuine person that you are. And I can't wait for people to see to read your book. And the Red Room podcast is coming soon, so I'm just excited for you, brother. I love you. 2023. We are living in color, y'all. I will see you next week with our next guest. Have a good night. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.